0: Welcome to Speaking the Truth, in Agape Love podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back everyone to the podcast. We're glad you're with us. I'm Chad Mitchell.
1: I'm David Finch.
0: It's good to be back with you. We're excited to be with you this evening and have a study with you. We're going to continue our study um, in of uh, speaking about um, talking about Jesus and the miracles that he did um, but first if there's ever any questions or comments that you'd like us to deal with or talk about or, or things that you hear that maybe um, you think we're wrong on we'd love to visit with you about it and study with you you can send us an email at truth at gmail.com you can also find us on uh, Facebook. Um, truth um, speaking the truth in agape love and you can send us messages on there and comment make comments and and share us share give us a share if you like what you hear tell your friends and uh, help us uh kind of spread the word um we, we really enjoy um doing the podcasts, and so we're glad to be with you this evening so dave what are we going to talk about
1: all righty so we we left off last week um looking at a couple stories in luke chapter eight um Jairus, the ruler had his daughter um, who died, and Jesus came and healed her. And then there was another story that we wanted to talk about, but we ran out of time, which is, we're going to find it in Matthew chapter 8. If
0: you would, turn over there with me, Matthew chapter 8. We're always fighting that time clock. This time goes so oh, fast, know. it's and, not even funny.
1: Well, and what's funny is when we first started, we thought we, we weren't going to have enough to talk about in it. Yeah, that's totally not the case for us.
0: <laughs> we could go all night. I'll be falling so out. David will be talking to me, I'll be falling out this window. Here. Yeah. And
1: this is a, a second story window, so he, he still has hope, yeah. you know? <laughs> I'm not Paul, so if he does, he's out of luck.: That's right.
0: <laughs> but we're excited to study with you this evening. So.
1: Absolutely. So uh, Matthew chapter eight, we're going to be reading five through 13, and looking at this story, it's, it's actually a pretty amazing story. Here, Christ doesn't even go to the house to heal them. And so, he heals them with, with the word only. Um, so, starting in verse 5, Matthew chapter 8. says, Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented, And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way as you have believed, so it will be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. So first, I'd like to point out the faith of this centurion here, you know, from yeah. uh, Capernaum. Keeping in mind, he he never had the intention on Christ coming into his house. You know, there's, there's certain um, formalities that... Wouldn't be good to have Christ actually come into his house to heal a servant. You know, it it wouldn't look good on on the rest of all those who are under his authority. So he had such faith that he he knew that Christ could just say the word. Now, another thing that we have to point out here, this is the first time, according to Scripture, the first time that this... Would have been done. And what I mean by that is, Jesus has always gone and laid his hands on them or, you know, got it, went face to face with them to heal them. And so here, this has never been done before where he's asking Christ to just but say the word, and I know that my servant will be healed. Mm -hmm. So that's never been done before according to
0: scripture. Yeah. I got something, yeah. too, whenever you Go ahead. No, go well, ahead. Well, I, I just think it's interesting, um, to The centurion recognized authority. Absolutely. And I got a... In, in my commentary here, it says um, that he would have been basically un, in charge of about 100 soldiers. Okay? Okay. And um, he would be kind of uh, compared today to a present-day sergeant. Okay, I don't okay. know and I don't understand the military uh ranks very well myself. You weren't in the military either. I think no. you pretty much have to be in the military to understand it. But a sergeant was someone looked up to big time. Yeah. And the fact where he came and was humble to Jesus I think is significant because here's a guy who's got a 100 men under him. That's a lot of men. Yeah. They and, and like he said, they I tell them, go do this, do that. They do it, you know. So here's a guy who's got quite a bit of power, really, compared to everyone else. <laughs> yeah. And he goes to him, And then another thing that's really interesting in verse 10, Jesus, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. Okay. Yeah. Jesus was marveled by it. Um, so he was, thought this was quite unique. Jesus did. Absolutely. He didn't, um, um, it was the only time that he marveled other than when the townspeople rejected him in Mark 6, 6. Yeah. That was the only other time that Jesus was marveled. Yeah. But he was marveled, whatever that means, okay? You know, I'm not exactly sure. Almost astonished. Yeah, astonished, amazed that he had that kind of humbleness because here's a guy who's, in power okay who is in charge yeah and really could basically ask anyone to do anything okay so I think those are significant points here where Jesus was marveled at his humbleness but also at the end here his faith as well that's right and then then the fact that he wasn't even um, didn't feel like he was even honorable enough to let Jesus have Jesus into his home that's right you know that's another another point as well yeah that I think is is really should stick out to us here as we're looking at this because and and really understanding the situation you know it'd be like what would it be like maybe for us today, maybe the governor <laughs> of course he's a, governors over a lot more people, but someone maybe under him that comes and wants to talk to you right you know or, but he's talking to Jesus, and Jesus wasn't um. I don't know what I'm trying to think, but but it it was not a common conversation. Like this guy would not come and ask Jesus a favor. Yeah. Well.
1: Know? Yeah, and to go to what you're saying, he's a um, the fact that he's a centurion actually shows that he was a Gentile or one who was okay. outside of.
0: Okay. Yeah. Good point.
1: A Jew. He wasn't a Jew, mm-hmm. and so and, and you also see this in in Christ's response after he was in verse ten. You know, he he marveled, and then he turned to the crowd, the crowd that was following him. Yeah, More than likely,
0: they were Jews. Um, I guess it says right there that he says, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. That's right. That's, quite, so a not even in that's Israel. quite a compliment.
1: Yeah, not only a compliment, but just to go to show you this man's great faith. Yeah, You know, where he's not even a Jew, mm-hmm. and yet... He is going out of his way to seek Christ to heal one of his servants. And you almost see his love for his servant as well. Sure. This, uh, this centurion, you know, who would do this for their servant yeah. and go so far out of his way
0: and to, to humble himself mm-hmm. before christ you know that's another great point the fact that he was doing this for his servant i'm sure his servants were disposable in some sense oh yeah you know i mean got in a battle and lose some they just replace them you know yeah (laughs) you know but i I mean because that's just kind of how armies are um to a certain degree not that they don't mourn over the lost but but he was so obviously his i would imagine that his soldiers that were under him, had a huge amount of respect for him because he undoubtedly treated them good. Yeah. He was not a ruler that just took advantage. That's a very doesn't, good doesn't point. Doesn't seem like.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point to bring out. He was, they must have loved him. Oh, sure. I mean, they must have had a lot of respect for for their their master, you know. And so not even to have this kind of faith among
0: the Israelites, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. and. That's what Jesus said.
1: Yeah, and so that's that is saying that is saying more than I think
0: we could. Well, yeah, <laughs> in this, I mean, absolutely. Like not even in Israel. So that's that's kind of a slap in Israel's face. That's right. And then you know?
1: when you skip down to verse twelve, here Christ is also as he we know that he was he knocked down the middle wall of separation. He's kind of illustrating this. You know, in verse 12, it says, but the sons of the kingdom, those who are of the Israelites, you know, the God's chosen people will be cast out into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So even here, he's saying that others are going to come before Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and be able to sit down in heaven with them. But the sons of the kingdom, the ones that have have always been God's chosen people, they'll be cast out. Yeah. And it's because of what he just said. Not even in Israel is there faith like this. Yeah. So even, sorry, I had something in my mouth. So even, even in Israel, the God's chosen people are really, <laughs> their faith is not there. Yeah. You know, they don't have this kind of faith that
0: Jesus is seeing in this Gentile, this centurion. Well, and 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 what a great example for you know this was a powerful um, miracle because it basically proved Jesus' power. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, kind of backing up, why did the centurion think or want to come see Jesus? Yeah, it's because he had heard about him. He yeah. heard from all these people who weren't supposed to talk about him, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> of course, we're a little bit out of order. This is a little earlier on. But still, Jesus had a reputation. Yeah. And because of that reputation, you know, this um, centurion believed. That's right. And and it says that because he says in his faith in verse 13, um, go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. That's and right. And so based off of Jesus' reputation and the things that he'd heard by the that Jesus had done he had faith that he could help his servant that's right and,
1: you know and a question that i asked myself when i when you first read this i'm like how would christ even know who to heal never seen the guy never you know never seen the servant
0: yeah no kidding
1: how would how would christ even know you know the, the power of the holy spirit Mm-hmm. Especially from the story that we talked about last week where he felt the power leaving his body to heal the, the woman with the flow of blood for 12 years. So here, <laughs> how would he even know who needed the help? That's, that's a question, you know. And the, um, the centurion, of course, I'm sure he thought about that. At least I would. You know, that, that would be my first thought. Okay. Never having a plan to have the Lord come into my house, how would he know who needs to be healed? Again, that's just the power of the Lord.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, what about And I got a question for you. What, yeah. What did you have? A, no, go ahead. So uh, I'm kind of confused a little bit in um, verse 11. Where he says, and I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Like, what is he talking about there? Is he talking about, he's talking about the spiritual kingdom, right? Yeah. And uh, so the, there's many people who come to sit down with them. With with the Abraham, sons,
1: Isaac, and Jacob. He's he's referring to those who are outside of Israel, the the Gentiles. Oh, okay. So he's like, many will come from all over and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So, again, Christ came to knock down the middle wall of separation. That And all are invited. Many will come. That's so right. all are invited. And, you know, a, a lot of times when Christ would say to the Jew first and then also to the Gentile. So first he came to preach to the Jews, which he is. And not even in Israel is there so great faith. And then he opens it up to everyone from all over, not just
0: the Jews, you know. And I guess this might have made the Jews a little upset, maybe a little. Oh yeah, because they were like, I can only
1: imagine. (laughs) Yeah, we're
0: the promised people.
1: Well, and especially when you think about it, how they would treat the Gentiles, you know. That's why they actually had the ceremonial washings. Just in case if they touched an unclean person in the marketplace, so they got to wash their hands to make sure that you know they don't eat with unclean hands and the the uncleanliness or the um, the sinful person's <laughs> sins rub off on their hands and then they eat it however they however they had these ceremonial washings, okay, um, but yeah, they they really did look down on the Gentiles. Oh, they sure. Didn't, they didn't have a lot of respect for them. Mm. And they, I'm sure in a lot of ways, as you, you see it in the scribes and Pharisees, they boasted really bad. You know, I am
0: special. You know, I am God's chosen people. And in a way, it almost made the Jews kind of miss out, you know, because they wouldn't accept Jesus. Yeah. And they basically missed the train, you know. Yeah. <laughs> In a way, because they were so arrogant and full of themselves, they didn't see the fulfilling of the scriptures.
1: That's right. And, you know, as it it talks about in James 4, 6, turn over there with me. Okay. James chapter 4. Here's where I oftentimes think about, and the real problem lies because, at least for men, I can only speak as a man. We have a thing called pride. And Chad, me and you talked about oh, this yeah. a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Sure, we do. We
1: got some pride. You know, we got some problems with pride. But James 4 6 straightens it out. He says, But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And this is what we see with, with the scribes and the Pharisees. The Jews, um, they boasted up and they were prideful. Yeah. God resists that.
0: Well, and maybe that's why the centurion um, had better faith because he was humble. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He he wasn't. He
1: humbly came before Christ, and he's like, "I am not worthy that you come under my roof." Yeah,
0: he'd not put himself on a high horse like the Jews had.
1: That's right, and and just like that um, that story with the Pharisee Mm -hmm. who prayed, and you know, I thank you, Lord, that I I am who I am, and not like this tax collector this heathen
0: yeah no kidding that's a yeah that's a great point
1: Uh, you know and that was the attitude that they had you know where it was like
0: i fast twice a week i do all this for the lord did we um study that in our class yeah it was do you remember where it was let's go read it i want to read that yeah that's a great um, point i can get there hold on i i can see it too or yeah you okay you look that up and because i think that's that's a great point because yeah, you know, we are. Is. We are. Um, we we do sometimes uh, have too much pride, and we're boastful um, a lot of times. We and, have and, and, too much, and, pride. and a lot of times it, <laughs> it makes us um, fall down. You know, um, and fail even more than we would have if we had to just stayed humble.
1: Yeah, Luke eighteen. Yeah, let's, let's look at. That. Over I there. think
0: that's a great verse that kind of goes along with this.
1: Because yeah, this this illustrates the kind of. Attitude that you would
0: that Luke 18
1: see. what Luke 18 we're going to read 10 through
0: 14 you want me to read it yeah go for it okay 10 through 18 10 through 14 14 okay so uh, Luke 1810 through 14 two men went up to the temple to pray one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself God I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithings of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone one. Who exalts himself will be humble, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Yeah. That's a great uh, gut check there.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, it doesn't matter how how much work we do for the Lord. We cannot boast in our work. Yeah. You know, when you look at Romans 12, verse 1, you know, where, where we're told to be Um, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord. At the end of that verse, it says, which is your reasonable service. Mm -hmm. It's not that the Lord is asking too much from us. There's nothing that we can offer the Lord that, that is, um, worth salvation.
0: Well, and I think too, I like the point that Brenda brought out in our class, our study Sunday, um, this, this man, this, this man that went up to the temple to pray, the Pharisee, um, he didn't have to tell God what he had done. Yeah. He didn't have to bring it up again. God knew. As if God didn't know already. Yeah. Yeah. And so we shouldn't have to bring up these works that we've done. Yeah. As Christians or whatever, or whatever the case is, but we shouldn't have to bring these up because God knows. That's Yet right. And in, instead... You know, pray like the tax collector against the things that he's, you know, fallen and done.
1: Yeah, and this is exactly why we need to continue to try to be like Christ. Because it doesn't matter how good we are or how righteous we become. When we look at ourselves and look at Christ, we will always remain humble. Mm -hmm. We will always come to the Lord Like this sinner here, you know, that wouldn't even look up to heaven, this tax collector. He was—and if you don't know about the tax collectors, they were known to um, take more from the people than what was owed. Yes. And then they would pocket that
0: money. Well, and and that was was how they were given ability to um, provide a wage for themselves was to add a little on— yeah. But like you said, they would overdo that quite a bit. Yeah. And so they weren't... Yeah, they weren't... Look, I mean, they probably... You know, I just love paying taxes, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I can understand. I think we can all understand when we're faced with a tax bill or whatever, or, you know, we see the amount of money that goes to our taxes. It doesn't make us yeah. very happy sometimes.
1: Well, and just like uh, <laughs> when how I disagree with the uh, the government, how they... Use they, the money. Well, not only that, but they give themselves ra- raises. Oh, yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they right. give it
1: a vote, but everyone who's voting will benefit from mm-hmm. it. So it's like, yeah. of
0: course they're going to, you know, mm-hmm. pass it. Yeah. Well, and, and I think this is a great, you know, th- this, is a, this should be a check for us. We should have this postered on the wall. Yeah. yeah. This should this make a great po- poster. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled... And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Yeah. That'd make a great poster, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so if anyone out there is listening, we can make a poster about that. <laughs> Post it on the wall, and it could be a reminder for us every day to stay humble, you know? Yeah. But, you know, going back to our text here, you know, we were reading, um oh, where were we? In
1: uh, Matthew chapter 8.
0: Yeah, Matthew 8, you know, where he's talking about... um you know, because we, we kind of were talking about the Jews, how they they were so much better than the, the Gentiles. The yeah. Gentiles weren't even worthy to hardly look at. In fact, I don't even know if they could interact with them or not. They weren't.
1: We know from Acts 10 when when Peter goes with a centurion, he says, you know how it's not lawful for me to enter into your house. Yeah, right. So, they yeah, they, they had this certain they couldn't be associated with sinners. Mm-hmm. You know, they were outsiders. They were sinners. And what does righteousness have to do with unrighteousness? You yeah. know, and so they did have that certain um, inability to be able to interact with them. And so, but from that, instead of still treating them like humans, they they treated them like less than, mm-hmm. you know, um, unworthy to even be in their in their range of view almost yeah. like
0: so so who is he talking about in verse 12 here of Matthew 8 but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness
1: so who are the sons of the kingdom who are the sons of the kingdom are the ones that have been god's people so okay. they are the jews okay they will be cast out okay and
0: that's why i say it's almost like they they missed the train here yeah They didn't recognize that it was the fulfillment. (laughs) Jesus was the fulfillment of all these prophecies, right? Yeah, that's right. Couldn't we say that? Yeah. Look at
1: Romans 11. Okay. Kind of digs into this a little bit. Um, So turn over with me to Romans 11. I think it's down a little bit more. When he starts to talk about... So, we can start in actually verse 11 and we'll just read through it. Might as well. So, we, we keep things into context yeah, here. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Romans 11. Romans 11,
1: starting in verse 11, he says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now, if their fall is riches for the world and their failures riches for the Gentiles, how much more? their faithfulness for i speak to you gentiles inasmuch as i am an apostle to the, to the gentiles i magnify my ministry if by any means i may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them for if their being cast away is the reconciliation of the world what would what will their acceptance be but life from the dead for if the firstborn is holy the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. So here in, in verse 17, and if some of the branches were broken off, he is speaking about some of the Jews. They are being broken off. And so a wild olive tree who was outside of the, the, the natural root, right, those outside of the, the, the uh, Jews can, gra- can be grafted in with it and be, be partaker in the fatness of the olive tree.
0: Okay.
1: And then as he continues, he says, Do not boast against the branches. <laughs> Again, pride, right? Yeah. But if you boast... Remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of unbelief they were broken off, and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Therefore consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell, severity, but towards you, Goodness, If, notice that if, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you, you also will be cut off. And so here's really illustrating what that um, verse 11 and 12 in Matthew 8 was illustrating. You know, the, the, in verse 12, they were cast out. They, they were broken off, you know, it, it, according to Romans 11. They were broken off so that the Gentiles can be grafted in. Yeah, And a lot of people misuse these verses in Romans 11 to try to say that uh, these branches that he's he's talking about are other denominations. denominations, Okay, yeah. But he's speaking to us as individuals here, not as congregations or as a denomination. Nowhere in Scripture do we read about denominationalism. As being accepted by God But that also Did you have something to
0: Keep going, keep going but I, that I also, got something when you're done
1: Okay, but that also uh, ties into Ephesians 4 3 through 4
0: While, you're, while we're turning there I'm going to bring this up Because yeah. he talked about flesh Like you may save some flesh and blood And you know how I was telling you the other day That I had an idea for you It yeah. just came back Sweet and and what it what it is and i'm just going to say it out here because it kind of relates um jesus's brothers were against him yeah. when he during his ministry that's right then we read who wrote the is it um jude jude was one of his brothers
1: yeah james and
0: james and john
1: no james jude. and jude yeah
0: james and jude yeah james and jude cuz we were talking about apostles the the, the class, people the, yep. that weren't apostles, yep. that wrote books of the Bible, yeah, and and James and Jude were were Jesus' brothers. That's right. They were against him. Yep. Then all of a sudden, they realized what Jesus, who Jesus was, and and how he came to this earth, and they became Christians.
1: Yeah. Well, and how could you deny seeing him uh, raised from the dead? Sure. I mean, that's...
0: And so, basically, I was thinking, this is a huge faith builder for us. Yeah. Because if Jesus' brothers could see it, so can we. You yeah. Know, his brothers were against him. They, they, they didn't had, they had want nothing to do with him. Thought he was crazy, you know? Yeah. Then they became Christians once they realized, once their faith, once they seen what had happened, their faith was built, they realized it was Jesus Christ, the Savior, yeah. Was the, their brother. Very strong point. Yeah. And they wrote books in the Bible. They actually made it. They actually were inspired writers. That's right. You know.
1: And going back to James 4, 6, he's the one that wrote, you know, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble.
0: Yeah. Where mm-hmm. he
1: was well, he was prideful at one point.
0: Yeah. And, and his brothers basically had to eat crow, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might say, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because they, they were against him and then all of a sudden they realized it and they didn't let that pride get in the way and they were obedient. Yeah. To Christ. To the gospel. Even though before they had, they had condemned him. That's know? right. So, I mean, that's quite a a great example for us that even though something in our life might be holding us back, whether it's a family member um, someone who's already passed, you know, that wasn't a Christian. Yeah, that should not hold us up from seeing the truth and obeying, you know. That's right. And so, yeah, swallowing yeah. that pride and and basically, um, not missing the train like these some of these Jews did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As and so yeah. and I didn't want to get too far off on a tangent. Yeah, there, no, but,
1: absolutely. And so. Kind of to go back to what we were talking about in Romans 11, this, you know, these um, wild olive branches being grafted in are us as individuals being grafted in yeah. to the root, the one root. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes right along with Ephesians 4. If you If you found the time to turn there, Ephesians 4, 3 through 6, or actually we'll go 4 through 6, That's Ephesians 4, starting in verse 4. It says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. You know, when you read that, Chad, how many ways can you please God? One. One way. How many ways can you worship Him? One. One way. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're faced with. You know, when and when people try to to expand and to say that there's many ways to worship God and they're all accepted by God, that's actually contradicts completely according to Ephesians four, four through six. Yeah,
0: I, I'm not a uh, very good, what do you call him, plant guy? <laughs> okay, like a what do you call it, bi- biologist maybe? Okay, um, but you know, kind of going back to this olive tree, mm-hmm. they would graft branches onto it and it would start taking the nourishment from the roots and it would grow another branch that would produce olives. Right. Am, am I clear?
1: Yeah. And, and that's, what he's, and that's illustrating. what he's talking
0: about here as us. We're outsiders until we become Christians. We basically get grafted onto that tree and, and take advantage of the roots to that's feed right. us. And, uh, You know, another way that I can think of is uh, grafting. Um, We used to raise cattle when I was a kid. And every once in a while, the mother would lose the baby calf, whether he freezes or gets sick and dies. And we'd we'd hurry and go to a a dairy and get a a brand new baby calf to try to graft the calf onto this mother. But the mother won't take it. Because it smells different, it's not her calf. Right. So we would actually, and this is kind of well, maybe a little gruesome, but we would skin the old, the dead calf and tie this hide onto the calf. Okay? Huh. And um, and the mother would be like, "Oh, there he is! He's moving around. He's 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 restored." <laughs> it was so funny sometimes. You're sick, man. <laughs> it, it would be, but I mean, it's like he's back to life. And that calf, she'd let him nurse. Wow. And and before long. The smell would wear off, and she would get used to the new smell of this calf. Oh, wow. And you could cut the old hide off, and boom, that's her calf. You ain't going to convince her. Here you got a black and white Holstein and a Hereford cow, and that's her calf, man. That's her calf. <laughs>
1: that's funny. And that
0: calf had been grafted onto the cow. Yeah. Okay, basically. And, you know, that's what I always call it. But it's a great analogy because... That is. Basically, we're the Holstein, okay? Yeah. Okay. The, these Gentiles were Holsteins. Okay, you might say, and the 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 branch, the mother cow, basically is is Christ, and and um, you know we're grafted to him when we're obedient to him. Yeah. Know? And so you know that, that I know they do it a lot in. There's a name for it, not biology, but it's like something with plants. Like I'd have to Google it. Um, where they'll take a branch and, and cut in. To a trunk, and actually graft that branch, and before long it grows, just like it was yeah, meant I, to be there.
1: I watched a, um, might have been a YouTube video or something like that, but I, I've actually seen that where they they splice into it and yep. then um, yeah, splice another one into it, kind of tape it up, yep. to and allow it to long actually it starts take growing in like and it was grow. supposed to be there. Yeah, very cool. And um, so that's
0: a great analogy of us as you know if we're obedient there's we have That's to do right. something we can be a part of this magnificent branch or yeah. you know and root
1: yeah um, galatians 3 will tell us how we are grafted into the lord galatians 3 uh, 26 through 29 which is kind of what what um, as Chad you were talking about this is kind of reminding me of, of what you were saying starting in verse 26 of galatians 3 he says for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither slave nor free there is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus and if you are in and if you are Christ then you are Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise so, the promise that he is talking about, as God promised Abraham that he threw his seed. So, throughout the Old Testament, everyone, genealogy was big in the Old Testament. Yeah. Proving that you are from the seed of Abraham. Always going back to the seed of Abraham. And those were the Jews, right? But, we, we see when you look at Matthew 1... You see that Christ actually came all the way from Abraham. So you see the genealogy, like 1 through, I believe, uh, through 18, verses 1 through 18 of, of Matthew chapter 1, describing the genealogy going from Christ all the way back to Abraham. And so Christ is of the seed of Abraham, but we also are of the seed of Abraham through Christ when according to verse 27 when we are baptized into Christ yeah it says um this is the new king james translation have put on Christ in baptism the new american standard bible says baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ okay so i to go to what you were talking about with the with yeah. the uh the calf yeah, I was gonna you'd bring actually that up. almost clothe the calf with the skin. Yeah. And and that's kind of what we're doing when we're baptized. We're we're clothing ourselves with Christ. Mm. We're we're putting on Christ in baptism. So that's that's why that, that reminded me of what you okay. were talking about.
0: Well and and the thing is too with this, um once once they got used to each other and they didn't need that um cover, the 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 skin. Yeah. And the and the cow got used to that calf, that was her calf. And they both recognized each other and um but yet, if you stood back, if people driving by on the highway, going, man, look at that cow. That cow thinks that <laughs> that Holstein's her calf, you know? Yeah. And and so, you know, we might look all different today. And I love this verse that you took us to because it don't matter who you are. That's right. Black, brown, white, you know, f- purple, pink. It doesn't matter. If you're a Christian, y- you know, you're one. Yeah. Okay. And, and so... This is this is a great example for us because we might look different but we're we're all brothers and sisters in Christ makes us all one and it doesn't matter what you look like okay yeah. as long as you're human okay <laughs> you know but but it's this is a great reminder for us because it's so important uh, you know especially you know some of the turmoil and stuff that's going on today yeah. with race and division we're not divided that's right. As long as we're in Christ, we're one. That's right. And, and there's one way to get to heaven, as we just read. That's right. That we all have the obligation to be obedient, you know, the, exactly the way that he's commanded us to be. Yep. And, you know, and that's what the Bible says. We're not... This ain't what David thinks or what Chad thinks, you know? Yeah. This is what the Bible says, It doesn't you know? matter
1: what we think.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I love this because it's it's a great example for us.
1: Yeah. And, and that's why 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Yeah. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. This is why we have to study. You know, be diligent to present yourself. Another word for that is to study. So study to show yourself approved unto God. Yeah. And so that's the only way that we can rightly divide the word of truth. That's the only way that we can come to the one hope of your salvation. That's the only way that you can come to the one Lord, one faith, and one baptism mm-hmm. through study. And, and not just, like you just said, Chad, it has. It doesn't matter what you or I say. No. The only thing that matters is what does God say. Yeah. You know, if and so when people come to you and, and tell you they think so, mm-hmm. and they cannot tell you book chapter verse, mm-hmm. well, I would not listen to them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they cannot tell you where Christ told you to do it, then don't listen to them. Yeah, you know, and that goes to First John four. Turn over there with me. Okay, we're just kind of running around here. I wasn't trying to get here, but you started. Uh, <laughs> you started talking about this. So. <laughs> Let me go on my rent.
0: <laughs> well well no, I think it's all it's all relevant because, you know, the way that the Jews treated the Gentiles. Yeah. You know, um, and and they just thought they they had her made. Yeah. you know. We're the we're the uh cat's pajamas almost. Well, we're the chosen, is yeah. what I'm thinking of. We're the chosen people. Yep. So we have nothing to worry about. We got a free ride. Yeah. There was still obligations for them to do as well, and they and they let it go to their head. Yeah, and so first, what was it? first John, first John chapter four, and we'll just
1: read first one here. Do you want to read that? First John four verse one.
0: Yeah, I'm when almost you get there. there. Yeah, I'm almost there. First John four, verse one. Yes. All right. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so right here, it's telling us to test
1: every spirit. Mm -hmm. So just because a preacher comes to you, he does not have a direct line to God to be able to change the word of God ever. You know, and so if anyone tries to tell you, something without taking you to Scripture and showing you where God says it, you need to test that spirit. And if he cannot tell you where God says it, then he's not from God. Yeah. And so that's why we have to test him. And that's why don't ever just take Chad's word for it or my word for it. It's what does God say? And this is this is what's great about what we do, Chad, because I, I love just... Riffing through the verses, you know, yeah. and, and just going to the Bible. And so, as, you've, as we've already read, you know, there's, there's one way to please God. So when somebody tells you that there's more than one way, well, they're saying that, but God is saying there's only one way. So yeah. who should you listen to? And what's beautiful, when you turn over to Hebrews 13, verse 4, Hebrews 13, verse 4. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. Verse (laughs) 8. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So his word, the way he said it, it will never change. His word will remain forever.
0: And so, which verse is it that... Yeah, that that's perfect. Jesus Christ is the same. What verse did we read where it said one there's one Lord, one hope, one... One Lord, one faith, one baptism? Yeah, yeah. Which one is Ephesians that? Ephesians
1: 4, 5. Okay. And then 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25 is is also... It's actually quoting Isaiah 40, verse 8 here. Um, but 1 Peter chapter 1, 24 and 25, because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass, the grass withers and its flowers falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So here it's really illustrating, you know, all the glory of man is as the flowers of the grass. Now we know every season now that the sun or the sun is coming out and the, the snow's melting, all of our grass is dead, right? Yeah. Where before it snowed, it was all green, now it's all yellow. Yeah. And so we understand this. And and so as the seasons pass, flower you know, the, the flowers die, the the grass dies, and then it comes back and it, it's almost like new grass. Where that's how life is too. And, and I think we've probably talked about this a little bit. But even 20 years ago, Chad, we didn't have cell phones. Yeah. But now it almost seems like I feel naked if I if I leave my house without my phone. Yeah. Like, I could be 20 miles away from my house going somewhere, and I'm like, oh, I don't have my phone. I got to go back. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take the the 40 minutes out of our way to go back and get my phone. Yeah. Because it's like we can't live without it. And so... That wasn't like that 20 years ago. And so we, we can see how time changes, man. Yeah. And everything changes in this life. However, the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord doesn't change. And so that's the beauty of the word of God. So we don't, it doesn't matter what changes in this life. We have comfort in knowing that the word of the Lord doesn't change.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I. I want to read this Ephesians. What was it? Ephesians 4. 4. I want to read it again real quick. Absolutely. Ephesians 4. What was it again? It
1: was 4 through 6.
0: but. Okay, 4 through 6. Yeah. It says, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in the hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all.
1: Yeah. That that really brings that point home.
0: And uh, like if you continue on, but each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So grace, because you know he had grace, um, Christ's gift to us. Yeah. Was was being that perfect sacrifice on the cross for us. Yeah,
1: and grace is actually unmerited favor. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that we can ever earn. Mm-hmm. And so that, that really kind of um, ties in that eternal salvation is a gift from God. We can never earn it. We can never... So we, we can never earn our way into salvation. Mm-hmm. It, it will always be a gift from God. Now, some people go to the opposite spectrum of that and say well if it's a gift then I don't have to do anything to, to earn it or do anything to receive it and that's that contradicts scripture all over the place but understanding that no matter what we do we cannot earn it it, was, it will always be a gift from God going back to um, the Pharisee in Luke 18 where he was boasting you know, he was, right. look at me. It doesn't matter telling how. telling him all the things that he had done. Yeah, it doesn't matter how righteous you become. You don't, you don't earn salvation. It's a gift from God. Now, yes, we are to serve him and be obedient to him. And as long as we are obedient to him, he will extend his grace to us. But when we turn away from God, he, he no longer extends his grace to us.
0: I think as to you know, because in, in this example where we're reading about the the Jews and the Gentiles. Yeah. We could look at Matthew 5, um, 17 through 20. That's because, a very good place. Because Jesus explains this to them. And they just would never accept it. You know, he tried to get them to understand.
1: You yeah. Know?
0: And so this is, you know, basically Jesus explaining... That he's fulfilling the law. So starting verse 17, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, Till heaven and earth pass away, um, one, uh, One jot or one tiny or one tittle. tittle Will by no means pass from the law. Till all is fulfilled. Now that's that's really interesting because we've talked about that on here. How all like even when Jesus was born, all the miracles that were fulfilled or yep. sorry, not miracles, the um, prophecies prophecies that were fulfilled. Yeah. Then I mean, he says that right here. Not one um not one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Yeah. And you know, we, we know how many there were. Whoever therefore breaks one of these least of these commandments and teaches men, so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does, does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And so, I mean, he tells them right there what's. What he's there for? What he's there to do? But they just would not believe him or recognize the. Cause here he's he's already alive. There's already these prophecies that were fulfilled. That's right when he was born. Yeah, that they could see. Maybe yeah. I don't know if they could see it. I don't know. We 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 have the completed word, so we can see it real easy. Yeah.
1: Well, and uh, I think they refuse to see it. Okay. In, in a lot of ways. Um. For example, when. The prophecy about Christ rising on the third day. To cover that up, they tried to make sure that a, a hired um, guard stood watch over the place, so that make sure that um, yeah,
0: that his come disciples and come
1: him. and steal him away. Mm-hmm. Well, you know they're they're trying to cover it up. Yeah, rather than recognizing it as wow, this is the Messiah. They, I get the impression that they tried to cover it up. They they tried to deny it in every way, shape, and form. So when Christ would perform these miracles, right in from right in front of them, who gave you the authority to do yeah. this kind of attitude? It, yeah. Instead of wow, you must be the Messiah because no mm-hmm. one else can do that except
0: God Himself. This really sticks out to me here, where he says, you know, where I read it again. Um, uh, surely I say in verse 18, I surely I say to you till heaven and earth shall pass away one, um, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Yeah. And it makes me remember we studied this past Sunday about how Jesus tried to prayed for the cup to pass from him three times. That's right. Even though he knew that it couldn't. Yeah. Because it needed fulfilled. The his law and the 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 prophecies need to be fulfilled, in the way that he would die and and be resurrected. Yeah, he, but yet he still prayed that it, the cup would pass from him. Yeah, and that's how, and how sorrowful you know how troubled he was about it.
1: Yeah. Um. In in another place, it talks about how it would he sweat as blood drops drops of blood. Yeah, and so. Sweat as big as, as blood drops falling to the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was very intensely praying. Yeah. But you see his willingness to yet still do the Father's will. Yeah. And and that's that to us is amazing. And to tie back to verse 18, understanding if, like, for example, when Peter cut the servant's ear off. Yeah. And he says... Do you not think I can now call upon my Father and, mm-hmm. and, and release me? Yeah. You know, he, um, illustrating right there, if he did that, we would still be living under the law of Moses. Yeah. We would still be having to um, do all the sacrificing. And if you're listening in, if you don't understand the depths of how much sacrificing there was, read Leviticus. Yeah. A lot of people perhaps thinks that Leviticus is dry, or <laughs> it, hard yeah, to read. Through. It is, but you know what, man? When you actually dissect it, there's so much they had to do, so much sacrificing, and and you know this is why, <laughs> when when you read through it, this is exactly why you can understand why the priest did not have another job, like the the Levite tribe. Yeah. Everyone had to work and essentially provide for the Levite tribe, which is the you know the the priests were from the Levite tribe, and so you understand that they had to really dig in and dissect the Word of God to make sure that they're making these sacrifices correctly, yeah, and so man, it was a burden, yeah, to say the least, you know, and that's to put it nicely, it was a very big burden, and so the fact that Christ came and fulfilled it, mm-hmm. the fact that Christ came to fulfill it, we have such wonderful hope because he was willing to sacrifice himself.
0: Well, and I think, um, you know, I, I enjoy um, having these studies because um, it makes me more appreciative of how things are today, how Jesus provided for us for you know, if we're obedient to him, um, our um, confession, you might say. And it makes me think of Hebrews 10, 22 through 23. Very good one. I yeah. think that's a good place for us to kind of end, end here. It. As we go along here, there goes the time clock again. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're about out of time already. But, but maybe this is a good part for us to end because Hebrews 10, 23, 22 through 23. Do um, you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful.
0: Mm -hmm. Hold fast your confession. Yeah. Don't sell out. Don't be a sellout. That's right. I think it's very encouraging for us why why should we hold out why yeah. should we hold fast our confession Well, look when we look at all the things that jesus did for us you know even just he knew that the that he he couldn't leave this earth until all of the the things were fulfilled
1: yeah and and notice that at the beginning of verse 22 draw near with a true heart you know when you come to the word of god be willing to change your life to fit His word, and mm-hmm. don't ever try to fit change the word of God to fit your life. Yeah, that is when you don't have a true heart. Yeah, you know, and and you know, um, Psalm one nineteen. I'm really digging into that that Psalm right now. Yeah, but Psalm one nineteen, he has such a zeal for the word of God. He loves God's word. Yeah, because it's perfect. And and so that's exactly how we need to come to the Word of God. We need to love the Word of God. And if that means that we have to change 20,000 things in our life to fit the Word of God, yeah, then start working on that list and start getting that stuff out of your life. Because that's the Word of God is pure, and only the Word of God is pure. Mm-hmm. If you try to change it in any way because you don't want to change your life, well, you have just... Um, Tainted the word of God, and it's no longer pure. So make sure that that you you approach Him and draw near with a true heart, because that's exactly what we need to do.
0: Where's the Where's the verse? The two-edged sword.
1: Uh, Ephesians four twelve. I knew or you. Not wouldn't. not if you, Hebrews.
0: Here I'm gonna read it. Hebrews four twelve. Yes. Because that that made me think of Hebrews four twelve. Very good. I, I am, hope I'm right. <laughs>
1: Never. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, very good. I'm impressed. Um, <laughs> so Hebrews four twelve says, "For the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and interests of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of Him." to whom we must give account.
1: Very good point there, too.
0: And uh, I think that's that's great instruction for us. You can't hide nothing from God.
1: No. And how many and times do we try to? We
0: try. Yeah, we try. I mean, you know, there's examples of it, but we can't hide it. No. We can hide from even the closest people to us, um, but we can't hide from God. And, and And his word is sharper than any two-edged sword. I don't know if... You know, we we don't use swords very often today, but um, a two-edged sword is dangerous. Absolutely. You have to know
1: how to wield a two-edged sword. You know, you don't don't have a side where you can't cut yourself.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, that's it for today. Uh, Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to our next study with you. So, uh, I might mention if you're ever in Blackfoot, you're coming through Blackfoot. Please uh, stop by. On Sunday, we'd love to have you worship with us. Uh, 10 o'clock on Sundays. Uh, 370 North Shilling. So, love to see you there. So, thanks everyone. Have a good night.